Welcome to the Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yong Xin Ning. I'm the co-founder of Change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is the Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies to change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the Square Apple in you? Let's begin! Welcome to the Square Apple Show. I'm Shining, and in this episode, I will be sharing with you what I've learned about decision-making biases through my hunt for the best seafood restaurant in Busan. I'm not going to explain too much upfront the content for this episode because it will give the game away and I do not want to spoil the suspense. So just sit tight or stand if you are now on a crowded MRT to work and listen to my encounter at the Jogauchi Fish Market. Recently, I visited the Jogauchi Fish Market on my vacation to Busan, Korea. So just to give you some background information about this place, this fish market is the largest one in South Korea. The market opened in 1924 and it got its name from the nearby Pebble Beach. Jagao means pebble or gravel. It comprises of a huge five-story building that houses the live fish market, dried sea products, restaurants, cooked food stalls, observation decks, etc. In addition to the building itself, there are also many, many shops in the extended area selling live, cooked and dried seafood or just sea-related products. There are also people selling via makeshift stalls by the roadside as well as via push trucks. So walking through the area was really a sensory feast for me, especially when there's a lot of fishes and sea creatures that I've never seen before in the Singapore local market. I didn't get very far with my tour of the fish market when I felt hungry. So, like any modern-day tourist on a free and easy itinerary, I whipped out my mobile phone and googled Good Seafood Restaurant in Jogauchi. The first seafood restaurant that showed up on my handphone was Jackie's Seafood Restaurant. It showed up with a rating of 3.9 stars and 53 reviews. Most reviews were good and read something like, Best Seafood in Busan, be sure to visit Jackie's Seafood. It was also featured in The Lonely Planet, which read, Buying a raw fish dinner couldn't be easier, thanks to Jackie, the available owner of this seafood restaurant. He speaks fluent English, and uses signboards to help customers make smart, seasonal food choices. Do I need to validate these online claims further? Of course not! I was cold and hungry, and so were my kids and husband. So within a minute of checking out Jackie's Seafood Restaurant, I headed to the second floor of the building, ready to feast on the best seafood in Busan. When we first entered the cooked seafood area, we experienced a bit of a confusion. Firstly, we were expecting restaurants, meaning separate shops with separate doors. But what we saw was a very large open area with probably 
three rows of stalls with their own seating areas. So it's a little bit like our hawker centres in Singapore, except that the dividers were not apparent and each stall has their own seats. The stall names were displayed on an orange signage above each stall. Secondly, when we stepped into the area, we were immediately greeted by some highly enthusiastic Ajumas. They beckoned us to sit down and shoved a menu into our hands. We attempted to ask some questions about the menu, which had some rudimentary English on it. But soon we were convinced that this wasn't see- Jackie seafood because there's no Jackie inside. And secondly, there was too much sign language going on between us and the ladies. So, we politely declined and moved further down the tightly packed rows of stalls in search for the available owner of Jackie Seafood. Within two to three minutes, we found Jackie and his stall. We could not verify Jackie's good English because beyond, yes, I'm Jackie, please take a seat. Would you prefer the traditional Korean table or this one with chairs? Soon, a young Indian chap took over and gave us excellent recommendation of the fish in season, what foreigners typically found acceptable and what not, like the raw crab marinated in soy sauce, and that he could tell the cook to prepare non-spicy version of the dish if we wanted. Absolutely godsend. I didn't think I could pull off this complex conversation with the sign language with the Ajumas we met earlier. The food came. I'm not sure if it's the best seafood in Busan because it's the only seafood meal we had. But everything was definitely fresh and flavorful. And we were very, 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 very full. And the portions that we ordered for four could have fed another two to three people. As we left the restaurant area, the crowd had already started to fill in because it was likely the peak lunch hour. And we noticed that there were a few other stalls which seemed just as popular as Jackie's, if not more. And the patrons were primarily local Koreans. And that's when it dawned upon me that the accolades given online were predominantly from English-speaking tourists. And therefore, the search results that we see on Google is likely to be biased towards the preferences of such a sample group. In a 2010 study by researchers from the University of California, shows that in an information-rich environment like the online world, people do not have the cognitive capacity or time to evaluate information systematically and instead use various shortcuts or what we call heuristics to evaluate the credibility of the information. In this podcast, I will share with you three of these shortcuts that the researchers have found that people use which you will most likely find very familiar. Shortcuts are useful when you have very little time or when the decision is not critical or there's simply too much information to process. But you should also be aware of the trade-offs and implications for each of the techniques mentioned. So the first heuristic is the endorsement heuristic. This heuristic suggests that people are more likely to trust websites and sources if others do so also. 
whether they know these people or they don't know, and they don't bother to scrutinize the site content. So these sites can be from your friends or they can be from unknown people in the form of testimonials, reviews or ratings. So endorsement heuristics um, is also similar to ad populum policy and the bandwagon heuristics. But whatever it is called, it is the mental shortcut that I've taken in deciding to eat at Jackie's Seafood. Because I see that people have provided good reviews and without verifying very much, I've decided to also take on their, their recommendation. So the implication, as you can see, is that trusting these reviews entirely may be myopic because they may only come from a very small population. Also, it opens up opportunities for businesses to manipulate ratings to skew users' decisions. The second heuristic is called the consistency heuristic. Another common strategy for judging credibility is validating information by checking to see if information across different sources is consistent. This was what I did by corroborating the Google reviews with that on the Lonely Planet website. But research shows that the corroboration with external sources is typically superficial, as people usually look at very few sites to decide whether some information is consistent or not. Of course, as you can see, that consistency heuristic may give rise to biases if they are from the same source, which is from all English-speaking tourists. Lastly, it's the self-confirmation heuristic. It's the tendency for people to view information as credible if it confirms or is the same as their pre-existing beliefs. And if it is not aligned to their pre-existing belief, regardless of how good quality the information is, then they are unlikely to view the information as credible. The studies also show that when people process online information, they will not only select, they will also favour what is aligned to their attitudes and opinions. So when I reviewed the Google reviews, I was only looking out for positive reviews. When I reviewed it again as I'm preparing for this podcast, I realised that there were a few other glaring negative reviews which I happily glossed over at that time, likely because I was tired and hungry. So on hindsight, I'm also guilty of self-confirmation bias. So the next time you want to rely on online reviews of places to eat or products to buy, you may want to take a pause and think about what cognitive shortcuts you are making and whether are there any blind spots that you have not considered. For those of you who are interested to find out about how we use cognitive heuristics to assess credibility of online content, you can refer to the references that I've provided in the show notes below. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, please connect with me on LinkedIn at bit.ly forward slash square apple. That's bit.ly forward slash s-q-u-a-r-e-a-p-p-l-e. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. 
If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to The Square Apple Show and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.